It's been few days since we stepped out. Been few weeks since we ever had proper face-to-face -face interaction with fellow neighbors, colleagues, and friends. In the current outbreak times, people around reflect on a lot of things, from opinions and decisions to as simple as what to eat for the next meal. And there's some of them wanting to have pure network and connectivity. Where are we headed towards? Welcome to Lone Pack Conversations with Ashwarya. We hope you're all safe and healthy. Let me introduce the guest for today's session, Lydia Denver. Lydia is a science journalist and a contributing editor at Scientific American. She's also authored a book, Friendship. She's here to point out the effectiveness of empathy, friendships, and mindfulness in the quarantine times. We are glad to be speaking to you, Lydia. Hi, it's great to be here. Okay, so let's state the obvious. People are locked down, they're perturbed, and they're still figuring out how to stay safe and make sense of the quarantine mayhem. How are things changing around and how do you deal with this new anxiety? It really is an unprecedented time, but people have gotten through incredible hardships in the past. And, and so I am looking to the science of resilience and what it can tell us. You know, the uncertainty in all of this is the hardest part. But I think if we focus on the short term and what we can do each day, uh, instead of fixating on how long this is going to go on and what's going to happen because of it, we can sort of try to keep ourselves calmer. We can work to, um, in resilience science anyway, what they, what they really talk about is trying to keep um, an optimistic point of view and to do some cognitive retraining. So when you start to have to recognize your catastrophic thoughts or your anxiety and then to challenge it and to think of new, you know, think of some positives, things like that. Ah, oh, that's nice. I mean, I like this whole concept of uh, resilient science. And, you know, as you just said, taking one day at a time and planning out the activities for each day and, negating all of those uh, anxiety thoughts with more positive thoughts is definitely going to help. So uh, thank you for stating that, Lydia. Yes. So mm -hmm. social distancing, this is a catchphrase of late. But now, does social distancing alienate your friendships? No, it does not have to at all. In fact, this is a critical time for friendship because what friendship really is about is being there for each other in times of crisis. That is one of the fundamental traits of friendship. And it, it's about helping us weather the stresses of day-to-day -day life. And this is nothing if not stressful. So I think it's important to try to think of this as physical distancing, but not social distancing, because it is entirely possible to be social from a distance. Um, and to, you know, check in on your friends, think of your friends, uh, it, it, I, in fact, I think if anything, what's striking is how much this time is reinforcing the importance of, or it's making us recognize just how critical our social bonds are to our day-to-day -day lives. And, you know, we take them for granted most of the time. And now that we can't, it's what we miss most. Yeah, certainly. That's very, very true because so far social bonds were there and it was considered like a part of our everyday activity. But yeah, as you said, we really did not understand the importance of a bond and a relationship or rather just having a casual chat with 
our friends. But now I think most of us are wanting to actually have a peer-to-peer -peer interaction, wanting to meet people. And it's nice to see that all of us are taking that extra step and finding out different ways through which we can stay connected at times like this. That's right. I'm loving the creativity that people are bringing to this. And mm -hmm. it, you know, we really are embracing digital technology. And it has its, you know, good sides and bad sides. And I think we will all be very happy to see each other in person when that's possible again. But the fact that we have so many ways to connect through technology from a distance is really getting people through this. Um, I mean, I'm having Zoom, you know, video conferencing Zoom mm -hmm. meetings with my friends in a way that I only ever did for work before. And mm -hmm. I know I am far from the only person that's true for. Yeah, totally. People are uh, currently exploring a lot of methods. And talking about that, would you like to state some of the creative methods that people uh, undertook for connecting with each other? Like something that you saw and then you were like, wow, that's really good. And I would love to share it with others. Yeah, well, so I just mentioned video conferencing. That's the obvious because then mm -hmm. you can at least see faces and you can have a little bit more of a natural conversation. Um, and in fact, some of my friends who live further afield, uh, further away and who I only ever see sporadically, we're finding that now we say, why didn't we do this before? <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but, um, but also people are doing, you know, people are, for instance, taking a walk on FaceTime together or, or, um, watching the same time and talking about it on their phones or, um, or just having a kind of regular check-in on a WhatsApp thread. And, you know, those, those things are much more active um, mm -hmm. than before. And I don't think they have to be long conversations, just checking in regularly. And I think it's a, it's an opportunity actually to call a friend you haven't talked to in a long time and say, you know, in this time, I'm thinking about the people who matter to me and um, just to use good old fashioned telephones <laughs> to do that. Um, or even write a letter old school, you know, um, mm -hmm. that's a, nowadays that feels creative, right? That feels a little bit unusual. And um, I For think, sure. yeah. And I love some of the, um, I mean, the more, the more talented among us are putting online, you know, concerts with everybody, all the instruments and singers performing separately at their homes, and then the whole thing being put together online and things like that. I mean, I, that has, those have made me very happy <laughs> when I, when I come across those. Interesting. Uh, FaceTime and, you know, a lot of these concerts taking online, a lot of these tapping on uh, video calls and audio calls and whatnot. I think all of these are at the end of the day reinforcing the fact of being there for each other. And as you rightly said, uh, showing that care to the ones that uh, we really care about and, you know, letting them know that, hey, you're not alone in this journey and we're all here together and let's face this together. Yes, indeed. So uh, you say friendships are important for one's immune system. I was a little intrigued by that fact. So how are these two related? Well, yes, this is so interesting. One of the 
major stories that I tell in my book is about how scientists have come to understand the importance of friendship on the one hand and social social isolation and loneliness on the other mm-hmm. on our health. So friendship is as important as diet and exercise for health. And there's a long list of things that social connection affects. It, the immune system is one, but it's also um, the cardiovascular system, your digit, your um, cognitive health, your mental health, your stress responses, your even the rate at which your cells age is affected by how socially connected you are. But importantly, let's talk about the immune system specifically, since that was your question, and that's so relevant to what's going on today. Mm-hmm. You know, when we are under stress, the cortisol is a is released in our bodies and that's the sort of we think of it as a stress response hormone and it it those rates increase and increase in, in increases in cortisol can inhibit the immune response in your body and what they have found about with friendship and on the one hand or loneliness on the other is that the loneliest people are more susceptible to inflammation and they're more susceptible to viral resp- uh, to viruses and oh. and people who are more socially connected are more resilient um, and it has to do with it's a little bit complicated but it has to do with the way your genes are expressed um, in your immune system so you know I won't get into the nitty-gritty of it but <laughs> but it's a very clear response that we have so that your immune system is strengthened by having a lot of friendship and social connection in your life that's nice no I mean the whole concept of how your hormonal changes are associated with uh, with respect to you know food digestion or with respect to the friendships that you have I mean so far all of us know that you know, when you're mentally affected, it's going to take a toll on your health. But with regard to friendship, I guess this is a new theory. And it's nice to know that it's genetically intact. Right. Uh, well, and I think what I think is so important about this is that it's it's not hard to understand that like the food you eat has an effect on your body because you put it into your body. Right. Or that mm-hmm. when you go for a run and your heart gets going from the exercise, you, you can see the connection to your health. But friendship and relationships that exist entirely outside the body, it was more of a leap to to understand that that actually does get in under the skin and into your cells and changes the way your body responds to experiences, Mm -hmm. but it does. And so this is a really, really critical thing. And it is a piece of why you, even if you have to socially distance, you still have to connect. Um, It's going to help you get through this not just psychologically better, but physiologically. You will be healthier at the end of this experience because of it. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. And I think all of these are coming together rightly at this point in time when you definitely need to reach out to people, either to, you know, show care to them or accept love and more kindness from them. So it's caught together in the best time as possible. And I'm sure that listeners today would understand the importance and get to map their whole thoughts around this. Right. So uh, moving on to the most simplest question, yet very complex. How do we stay healthy, both mentally and physically, now that we've spoken about how mental and physical health together play a very important role at a time like this? 
Yes. Well, so at a time like this, I said at the beginning that uncertainty is the hardest part and we we kind of had to take it day by day. But mm -hmm. what I think is really important and the, the experts I've been speaking to, I've been interviewing a lot of mental health practitioners um, for right now about this moment in time. And they're saying that it's critical that you establish a routine and that you take care of yourself. You really focus on maintaining your sleep, for instance, um, and getting exercise and eating well and things like that. And then, you know, beyond that, I we talked about resilience and sort of trying to train your brain. You can use mindfulness and things like that um, to help you. You can do it in a formal way where you have, you know, seated positions and you and you actively engage in mindfulness meditation, or you can do it in a in a simpler more informal way, even just while you're washing the dishes or brushing your teeth or taking a minute just to focus on exactly what you're doing, um, is I think helps people to sort of stop and breathe and put the stresses of what's going on in the world outside of their minds. The other thing I think is really important, it's what me and my family and and the people that I'm with, you know, isolated with during this time, what we're doing is we are declaring a little piece of each day, uh, COVID-19 free. <laughs> so whether that's three hours or one hour or five hours, whatever you can do, but it means that you don't talk about it. You don't read the news. You don't, you know, you focus on something else. Um, and there are also just finally a few, um, a few positive psychology tricks that that you can use to um, to stay sane and healthy, <laughs> and they are <laughs> things like um, finding three good things in the world. I mean, some of my friends on the WhatsApp thread that I mentioned earlier, they are doing things like each day somebody declares, "Okay, today take a picture of spring in where you are," and you know, to the next day take a picture of your pet, and or you are looking for good things to share, like those concerts we were talking about where mm -hmm. people are performing, right? And then share it yeah. with your friends or with the world and say, here's one good thing I found today that made me think about, um, maybe think about something other than coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, it takes me back to the initial point that we discussed. Break your day into multiple parts and have like a pattern for yourself with respect yes. to sleep or exercise or eating. And uh, yeah, I loved your point on finding the three good things in the world and trying to stay away from a lot of this panic and this pandemic news for a while and spending some peaceful time with your family members. Yes, I think that's going to be critical and mm -hmm. trying to find um, moments of gratitude, things to be grateful for each day. Uh, even if they're small things and, you know, your good things and your grateful, your gratitude moments could be the same or they could be different, you know, uh, but um, but just stopping and and breathing and, you know, being optimistic that we I mean, the world has come through massive world wars and uh, mm -hmm. and pandemics before never a pandemic like this. I mean, that what's interesting here is that this is a combination of so many um it, it it doesn't have any exact, you know, example True. in history, right? And so mm -hmm. you have to take pieces of what we've used to get through. But always, 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 that has been our friends and our social networks. And that is as true now as it ever has been. Absolutely. And uh, yes, so 
So current time that we are is a combination of too many attacks and uh, staying sane at this time is definitely going to be a very hard task. But I'm sure with a couple of things that we discussed now, it's going to uh, at least ease out a bit for people. And I'm, I'm wondered at the fact that little things like gratitude and showing love, showing kindness, spreading some positive vibes, all of these take utmost importance right now. And these are certain things that we tend to miss out in our day-to-day lives easily when we were very busy with our work, very busy moving around, shuttling around. And now all of these seem to come to picture back and, you know, very clear and you start doing it. So it's wonderful to see how humanity works. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do you see the next couple of weeks panning out? And uh, to add on, we were just talking about the power of social media. So how do you use social media in a way that is very specific to just spreading positive vibes and not really worried totally about the pandemic and the negativity that's being spread around and leave not the rumors and a lot of these uh, false information? Yes. Well, so first of all, the, the big problem, of course, is that none of us knows exactly how the next few weeks will pan out. Uh, <laughs> and that is part of what is causing our anxiety is that uncertainty. But mm-hmm. in one of the stories I am reporting at the moment is about how pandemics end and how they do pan out. And the truth is that they do end. So we can know that. We just don't know how long it will take. But to stay positive, and especially with um, through social media, the same things are true that you know that that we've been talking about with with the way you use social media and the way you um, read the news. You need to be intentional and deliberate mm-hmm. in your approach. You need to bring a critical mind to the things you read, and you know not because of course one of the problems with social media these days is that there is that there is either um fake news there or there is stuff that is not proven yet i mean the the pace of the news here is that is so fast that you know i've seen a lot of stories that rocket around the internet about aspects of coronavirus that then turn out not to be true and so I think people's first response to anything that's upsetting should be a little bit skeptical. <laughs> Wait till you see it a few times, right? So don't don't freak out right from the start. Um, and then, and exactly as we said, though, right now, the internet is a source of amazing um, examples of resilience and, and human, the best side of the human spirit. And mm-hmm. look for those, you know, be intentional about finding the good things and sharing them or just stopping and appreciating them. I, you know, I, I've said it a couple times now, but I'm what I'm doing is each day I stop and I watch one of these concerts that's been put together. The Toronto Symphony Orchestra is another one. They did a... Um, a version of the, the rites of spring mm-hmm. and it just made me so happy <laughs> and i and you know it's a it's a minute to stop and so that without social media i couldn't find those things so mm-hmm. try to focus on what is good in the same way that you set a routine for yourself in your day in your daily life you know maybe you read the news at a certain part of the day and then the rest of the day, you leave that alone and you, only, you know, you use social media at some other point of the day just to converse with your friends and, uh, you know, um, look for a structure. Just don't scrolling through the news feed just endlessly and picking up on anything that is making you feel panicky. That isn't going to help. Totally. Summing up what we were just discussing, I see 
first step is to condition our thoughts to, to decide what is really the need of the art for us right now and what really is not required. And then when you go through social media, you apply that condition, you apply that pattern and just take in only that information is most relevant for you and leave out the rest. So don't fall easily to a lot of these cautionary and a lot of these um, negative information and false information that's been uh, spread on social media. And let me just add, actually, that it's important to have sources you trust, news sources mm-hmm. you trust, and then to pay attention to the source of the information that you're looking at, right? Does it come from mm-hmm. a newspaper that you know is a reputable publication or not? <laughs> and if you can't find the source, then you can discount it, you know, somewhat. And, uh, and, and if it's true and it's an important thing, it will, it will bubble up in bigger ways in places you trust. So that's another way to limit and be intentional in mm-hmm. your, in how, what you absorb and what you ignore. Fair enough. So if you've been following somebody, I think by, by now you would know if it's really something that matters to you and if it's true and if it's coming from a good source that you can actually take in. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Lydia. At this critical hour, I'm sure the Lone Path Conversations listeners have thoughtful takeaways from you. And realizing the power of togetherness and friendships is sure to help all of us stay connected despite of the current physical separation. So thank you so much once again for being a part of this episode and letting people receive a lot of positivity from you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to do it.